Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you again for joining me this week. I went to SEMA, which is a big automotive show in Las Vegas. It stands for Specialty Equipment Market Association, but that's not what it's about at all. It's about cars. It's about making cars, fabricating cars, showing what's new, uh, all the equipment designed and repairing them, fabricating them. It is absolutely amazing. I know a lot of people have seen it. It's a big deal. I'm late to the game. And it really, there's several things that happened at the show that, you know, sparked my interest. And I know too, if I'd gone to the show 20 years ago, I probably would have had a different trajectory in business because now I'm excited about what they're doing in cars and what they're doing with a lot of these things, uh, fabrication wise. We went out there, my powder coating company went out there as a automotive finisher and, uh, you know, a buyer of things. And so we got invited there. It's, it's very hard to get tickets. You got to be in the industry. You can't just go. So it's the first time I've ever had the chance to do it. And we went and I, several things jumped out at me that I really wanted to make this, this podcast about, but well, uh, one of them was just, um, how when you are the best of something, how the world comes to you and buys your product. If you, and, and there you could see the best of the best fabricators and everybody wanted to be around them. They wanted to be part of them. They drew all the attention. They had the money. They had the, you know, the things that um, in business would make you, you know, have a lot of customers. Because they were so good. They were so amazing at what they did. And I love that mentality towards business. And the striving for excellence. The striving to be absolutely amazing. And to look at what the market is and see if you can provide something different. You know, the book Blue Ocean Strategy talks about that. You know, you talk about a red ocean. Automobiles, right? There's automobiles everywhere. People fixing cars everywhere. There's parts everywhere. But how do you stand out in in the red ocean of automobiles and be in a blue ocean? How do you be that different? And these people exemplify that. You know, they had a new... Uh, new products area that was gigantic of all the new products that were coming out for vehicles, just thousands of products. And, you know, it just really helped me understand that there are so many more levels to every game. And the automobile game is probably one of the biggest games to play. And you saw the players at the highest level. And again, if you're playing any game, be as good as you can be. Try as hard as you can try. Be as much of an expert and stand out from the crowd as much as possible. Many businesses just go along. They they are an also-ran. They just do kind of whatever the minimum is to get done. And... Um, I believe in that be the best you can possibly be at every step. Now, of course, you're going to fall down, not be the best. There's always somebody better than you, but always be trying, always be working that angle. And, you know, in my, in my office, when you first walk in, I've got two big 
you know, glass cases that are full of awards, business and, uh, and like community awards, like different awards that we've won. Cause if I'm in, man, I am going to try to win the best I can. I'm going to make the best product I can. I'm going to try the hardest I can. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I, it's so funny. Sometimes I always feel like it didn't try as hard as I could have. Uh, you know, I, we might get an award, but then I'm like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that. And there's a constant battle, but I have, I want to make sure if there's a, if there's a contest, I'm going to try to win it. And so, uh, that's what this was. This SEMA thing is a contest and man, you see some guys really trying to win it. And so I, I challenge you, if you're listening to step your game up, step it up, be, the, be as good as you can be. And I'm not saying work all the time and you've got to do that, but I'm just saying be better, be better than you are. And results come with that, you know? So at SEMA, it was the first time I'd ever wrote in the loop, which is from Elon Musk's company, the boring company. They've, you know, they've drilled these holes, uh, under the Nashville con- or Nashville La- Las Vegas Convention Center to um, different parts of the convention center, basically just around, and they've got Tesla cars running underneath it. That's a, and they're not they are driven by people, but they're these tubes, one way tubes, and and it was just fascinating to jump in those cars. It was all free. You jumped in it. You told them where you're going, and he zipped you around to these these other areas and they said in about five or six years they should connect all of vegas and fascinating and eventually there'll be nobody driving and it'll be a whole different experience but they're getting it going and that's just one of a you know so many things elon musk is doing you know they clearly you know he bought twitter and he's taking that over and what he does with spacex and what he does with tesla and what he does as a human is just inspiring and exhausting but it also makes me understand what's possible. And so what is my limit? What is my game? How hard do I want to try? And, that, you know, it's all up to you again. You know, the enemy is comfort, you know, so I'm, I'm honestly pretty comfortable in life. But I have to keep challenging myself, keep pushing myself because it would be easy just to sit back and not do much. But it, there's no joy in it. I find if I just sat over the weekend and did nothing. I absolutely feel like I wasted a weekend. I, I've done it and I always feel super lazy, but, um, you know, I think you have to do some of it, but if you're doing it a lot, if you're coming home every night and just clunking out on the couch and watching TV or playing video games, um, there's a whole nother life out there for you to get into and, and possibly reap rewards, but also generally feel better about life and, you know, where you're going if you're really trying, but that being said, I one the one night I realized I'd I'd run out of deodorant and I was we were down on uh we were down on Fremont Street where we stayed and there's a believe it or not there's a Walgreens on Fremont Street which is crazy. You walk in this Walgreens and there's two armed guards uh, at the front and then I went back to get deodorant and I mean there's some really sketchy people in there. But I went back to get deodorant and, and there was a sample, like a travel size, real small, like $3.50 or something. I'm like, my gosh, I'll just get a full one. I go back to the back for the full ones and they're all locked up. Like everything in that store was locked up. You had to get somebody to unlock you to get deodorant 
And they walk you to the front and hand it to the cashier and you pay for it and then they hand it back to you. Everything in the store was like that. And when I was, you know, when I was in there, there's some true crackheads in there. You could see them. They were just, you know, they were, they were in there. But in front of me, this guy, this crackhead was buying, I mean, I say crackhead, they had like sores over their face, all over the face. They were edgy. They were, they had no teeth. I mean, they were rough. The guy reaches in his pocket to pay for whatever he was getting, some candy and some water. And he had a huge wad of cash coming out of his pocket. I'm like, dang. And, you know, um, I was telling that to uh, one of my assistants, uh, Tabitha, and she started talking about, you know, crackhead determination. And crackhead determination is real. I mean, and there's a funny meme, and you probably have seen it, but this said, it said this. Have you ever heard a crackhead say, I have no money. I'm going, I'm not going to smoke today. No, they always find a way. Are you going to let a crackhead out hustle you today? And ma'am, that was so, <laughs> so funny and accurate for what I just witnessed. This crackhead pulled out a wad of cash and you know he's going to smoke today. You know they're smoking today. And you know they're always going to figure out a way to get what they want. And I think, you know, the business lesson in that is how bad do you want it? I mean, do you want it as bad as a crackhead wants it? Probably not. His whole life is dependent on getting that money and getting it. But can you amp up your uncomfortable, you know, because they're uncomfortable, right? The, the thing that drives a crackhead is he's super uncomfortable without the crack and he will do whatever he can to get to be comfortable again, but it's a short lived experience. So he's got to go out and do whatever. Now, please don't think I want you to be crackheads, but the determination of those people and the resourcefulness, you know, clearly it's terrible resources, but could you be more resourceful? Could you act in a bigger way? Could you do more? Could you, could you make yourself uncomfortable even if you are comfortable? You know, and that's one of the downfalls with America. We're so comfortable that we're making up stuff not to be comfortable about. We're making up problems that were never problems before. Now they're, you know, the bane of our existence. And we, we never had these issues before, but we're, we're comfortable. We're so comfortable. We don't have such bigger problems that we had in the past that we're making them up. And, uh, but, I think truly the best motivator in life is pain. Most people that go through pain, you know, that's a great motivation. If you're too heavy, you know, and you're way too heavy and that pain of being too heavy makes you go on a diet or the pain of being broke makes you not want to be broke anymore. I've been broke. I don't want to be broke anymore. But at the same time, you know, when I get too comfortable with certain amount of money in the bank or certain things happening, I always go back out there and, and put it on the line to risk it. You know, I always just feel like I don't, I, I, sometimes when, you know, things are going really well, you're like, what do you do with when it's going well, when everything's paid for and you are making good money or a lot of money at times, what do you do with it? Do you just put it away or do, you know, us entrepreneurs, we tend to just put it back on the line, you know, start another business, expand the business we have, buy more vehicles, get more training, buy another building, expand, expand, expand. And so 
you know, I, I think in a way it makes, it makes me kind of more uncomfortable to just keep risking it, but I feel like I have to, like our chocolate business is busting at the seams. So we were about to rent a place that, um, that was real close to our current, uh, location. And, you know, I was prepared to, to rent and move in for a little while. I wanted to buy, but with all of a sudden the guy says, I want to sell it. I'd rather sell it than, than that. And I had just put a bunch of money into some other projects and now I need to come up with money for a pretty big down payment on a commercial building. And I was comfortable and now I'm getting ready to be uncomfortable. I mean, it's under a year ago we bought the powder coating facility and now less than a year we're buying another building and doing some other things that kind of keep me in a constant state of uncomfortableness. Plus the economy is questionable, but at the same time, I can't let these things just go by me. I'm going to go ahead and put the chips out on the table and go for it. Speaking of chips out on the table, I usually do pretty decent in Vegas. Like I like to play roulette and I like to play a zero double zero split bet on roulette. And there are times that I've got just epic stories of them hitting zeros. There's definitely times and they don't, I, I lose money, but this last visit, I was there for four days, four nights. And the first two nights, man, I was, I was up, I, I wasn't up a ton. I was up, you know, say seven or $800 and that, that's okay. The way I play that's, that's doing okay. And, um, and then the last two days I went on the biggest losing streak ever and just lost all of it plus more. And, uh, just everything was going wrong. Our flights were delayed and I put all my chips on the table and it's like everything was going wrong for me. So, uh, talk about being uncomfortable. I didn't like that, but anyway, I digress to get back to the uh, crackhead. So are you, are, do you have determination like that? Do you want determination like that? Do you have, um, do you have something you really want in life? When I was there, I saw some amazing cars and a lot of them, a lot of amazing cars. And, and I've, I've, I've got a, a really cool car, but there's so many more levels of cars and so many more levels of things that are houses. Like my wife and I went on a uh, tour of homes, these huge homes that came up kind of pretty close to us, like a quarter mile away. These six builders built six huge spec homes. And if you're on TikTok or anything, they're all over TikTok. They are amazing. And you go in there and, you know, again, I'm pretty happy with my house. We're remodeling the kitchen. We did a big outdoor living space. And again, it's a nice house. But man, you go into those and you're like, oh my God. So to me, that then made me more uncomfortable. I'm like, do I want this? Now, you may not want it. You may say, my life is fine and I'm going to check the box and I don't need all that. And that's totally fine too. You know, we're all in our own race. But what do you really want? I mean, a lot of times people that don't want money, they want time or they, they don't need a lot of money to do what they want to do. They just have to have time to do it. So are you taking the time? Are you making it happen in this life? You don't have as much time as you think. That's a fact. Everybody always puts their life off thinking they have more time than they do. They'll think they'll do it later or they're waiting to live their best life until a later time. 
and I've done podcasts on this, and that's really not how it works. Um, you should do, have a, a good balance of both. You need a good balance of recreation. You need a good balance of hard work. You need a good balance of achievement. And you need a good balance of community and family. And 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 all those things have to be, you know, part of the sauce. Now, sometimes they get out of whack. Sometimes you got to work a lot harder and you got to put other things to the side. And sometimes people spend too much time at home and, and they let their best years of earning go right on by them and they never built anything and they wake up and they're 35 or 40 and nothing's happened. And now they got to start over or wake up later than that. I've had people come to my blue collar university and say, Hey, uh, I'm, you know, they were in their sixties and like, I, I've been watching what you've been doing. I want to try to do it now. I'm like, man, I mean, not that anybody can't do it. I mean, uh, Sam Walton didn't build Walmart, I think, till he was 59 when he got going in Walmart. So there's no late, too late. But how much are how much energy do you have, and are you ready to just absolutely break all of the things that you're used to doing and change them all up? Are you are, do you have that mindset that I'm willing to learn? And uh, and I think again. When I feel uncomfortable, when I've, I've gone to these car shows, I've gone to these house, uh, these parade of homes, and just at the time I'm thinking, yeah, I've got it, you know, 55, I'm doing okay, I, things are working, I, all of a sudden, and I went on a lot of vacations this summer, now I'm ready to get back into work. Now I'm ready to just pour myself back into learning, running, and, you know, in some ways, you know, at 55, you got a lot of your life behind you and not as much in front of you, but in some ways you got a ton of time in front of you. If you really get after it, you know, if you really get after it five, 10 years, you can be a whole nother stratosphere if you focus on it. Um, but if you're saying you're old, if you ever say you're too old or I'm getting old or I'm this or I'm that, you got to be careful. Cause to me, that's also, you've heard me talk to, talk about employees talking about, I liked it when, it, how it used to be. If you get into that mindset too, man, that's a, that's a tough mindset and it's easy to do because there were better times as far as like, I don't know, like socially better times in the past than there are now. But economic times, I don't know, man. These are pretty good times. You can pretty much figure out how to make money doing more things now than ever on a global scale if you really want. And the money that I saw at SEMA and the, the opportunity out there, if you'll make your way, was was exciting to me and it makes me want to just dig back in. I've got several businesses that uh, I think if I spend more time and more focus on, the, all those levels will go up. Plus, as you get going in more businesses, more and more people come to you with business ideas. So I literally have two more kind of mostly app-based, electronic-based ideas that are are working on and being developed now. And those are exciting. They, you may never hear of them, or I may one day come out and say, hey, I've got this thing we've been working on. I don't necessarily want to talk about things I'm working on because I don't know if they're going to work or not. I don't know if I don't want to be a guy that tells a bunch of stuff and nothing happens. I'll probably kind of keep in the dark till I actually have a product and and release it. And uh, hopefully it can help people. And ideally, you have a chance to go to another level in life because, you know, we, 
I like higher levels. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. There is uh when you go to higher levels, there's a different, uh, there's different options. And I say this a lot. I think the main thing in life that I want is options. I want options to do things. I want options to not do other things. And I think the more sources of revenue you have come in, the more solid of a business you make, the better financially you set yourself up to be, the more options you have in life. And again, that's what I am excited about in life. I want more options. I wanted to play a TikTok that I found about um, the correlation between happiness and age. And uh, and I think it was, it was pretty well said with this guy. So here he goes. Um, his name was uh, Stephen Bartlett. Age and happiness is a smile. So zero to kind of 25 is beer, Star Wars, making out, prom, college football, or, you know, Premier League football. Zero to 25 is usually pretty happy. 25 to 45 is what I call the shit gets real years. You realize that distinct to what your parents or your uni told you, you're not going to have a fragrance named after you or be a member of parliament. You have kids. You have economic stress. Someone you love a great deal gets sick and dies. Your parents, right? Life gets very hard very fast, 25 to 45. And generally speaking, these are the least happy years. And then something wonderful happens, usually in your late 40s or early 50s, and that is you start recognizing the finite nature of life. Maybe you have some economic security. Maybe you've established relationships. Maybe you have these really wonderful things that are less awful, that look, smell, and feel like you called kids. You realize that life is short. And the happiest generation, the happiest age cohort, is the cohort that should be the least happy because they're not healthy is old people. So what the learning here is that if you wake up at 35 and you have a couple kids and you have a spouse or you have a job, you think, shit, this is hard. I'm not that happy. Recognize that's part of the journey and just keep on keeping on. You know, happiness waits for you in most instances. Uh, So happiness is absolutely a smile. So I think it's helpful just to know that, that as you move into your income earning years, as you move into your mating and child rearing years and the depth of work and your parents start aging, it's stressful and it's hard. And if you're unhappy or feel unhappy at times, that is normal. That's part of the journey. And for me, it was helpful to read that because I'm looking forward to all the happiness that's kind of coming my way and I can feel it as you get older. You just start finding joy in weird places. The correlation between age and happiness is a smile. So, So, sorry for the slight repeat, but we missed the first part of it. But yeah, he, you know, I I thought that was interesting. And I have a lot of people that work for me that are in those really hard years. And, And to me, those hard years are about 30 to 40. To me, those are the hardest years. Because kids, life, business is hard. Sometimes divorce comes in a lot in those years. Your kids are getting older. They're expensive. And, and you know, I've got like, you know, some girls that work for me that are single moms, some guys that work for me that are single dads. And man, they're working. They are out there working. These are not lazy people, but they're struggling. And even, you know, even when they make really good money or good money, everything can draw on your money. And so it, uh, uh, it can be, it can be tough. So I like that, 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 that was kind of a correlation between your age and happiness. And, and I think that's right. I feel definitely more happy now than I ever have as far as 
so many things, but also happy slash comfortable can be a sign to slow down and be done. And I just can't. I'm not there. I'm not even close to being there. I may change lanes. I may change from doing one thing to another in life. I may put down one flag and pick up another one. But man, to me, that's that's what's exciting. And I hope, I hope that's exciting for you too, is what can be. And then even drilling down deeper into your business and, and, and making something happen out of nothing. Like, I'll just give you a quick example as I'm coming to a close. We, for years, we tried to do outdoor living. We tried to do outdoor kitchens, outdoor flat flat work, you know, patios and stuff. And but we only do a few a year. And I find and I just never. I finally backed away from it because it was just too problematic. Every customer, we'd have to start from zero. We draw up the basics. We tried to work with a vendor that had some basic, you know, units and set things. And that never was too great. And and we finally have hit on a different vendor, basically having, you know, three levels of outdoor kitchens that are basically prefabbed, three levels of finishes on them from good, better, best kind of stuff. Everything kind of prefabbed up before we get on site. And therefore, we can offer it at a better price and roll through it. Now, I'm telling you that because this is just a new thing that we're, it's not new, we're leaning back into it. We get asked to do it all the time, and quite frankly, we're not good at it. Sometimes when you're not good at it, it's just because you haven't found the right keys to the castle or you haven't spent enough time on it. Sometimes you got to just say, we're not going to do that anymore, and that's fine too, but Man, I'm just getting excited to look at all the possibilities inside each of our companies and stuff that you just look over or you might bypass. And that's that's the other part of like you guys are listening to podcasts, right? That's that's one of the more, you know, forward thinking people that are have their brain open. They listen to people that they trust or listen to people that entertain them. And their brain is constantly being, you know, inundated with new information. But those people out there that don't do this stuff and kind of shy away, you can see them kind of getting crunchy and crusty. And, and man, I don't want to be that guy. I don't ever want to be the crunchy, crusty guy that just all the new stuff, I don't understand it. If I ever say I don't understand something, I need to learn it. I need to keep relevant. And again, with people, if, if you are become irrelevant in, in life and in business, that's where the money really trails off. The money is in when you are relevant. And the only way to stay relevant is stay hungry, stay curious, uh, learn new things, be less judgmental, be happy in general. I mean, I got, I'm brand new in the podcast, in the podcast. I'm brand new in the powder coat business. I walk into the first show, into the first day I was there, first hour I was there, and they were doing a podcast. And I started to talk to the people doing a, it's called the powder coater podcast. She's like, we would love to have you on the podcast. So immediately I jumped on a podcast, first hour of an event I've never been to, and start talking about business. And I know very little about podcasts. I mean, I know very little about powder coating, but I know a lot about business and people. And when I got finished with the podcast or during the podcast, they said, wow, that information is great. I think that information, the, the powder coating industry needs to hear what you're saying. And I'm like, 
that's crazy because it's all the same stuff. It's the same stuff that the chimney industry needs and that the chocolate industry needs and that the powder coating industry needs. A lot of them are small operators trying to be big operators. And what are the things, what are the barriers to entry? I can tell you this. If you've got the determination of a crackhead, you can go through a lot of barriers. If you're so focused on it, if you are that focused on getting some different results and getting what you want in life, man, this the, the world opens up to you. There are possibilities everywhere you look. All right, guys, that's my time. Um, I am rolling out in the next couple of weeks. I recorded uh, Blue Collar Gold University on video. And so it's basically my big topics of Blue Collar uh, University, Blue Collar Gold University. Uh, and it's like 12 topics. And I do I do some slightly lengthy uh, explanations of thought processes and and true processes, working processes to help with, you know, everything. And, and when I'm ready to release it, we're uploading it right now onto the Surefire platform. And then it'll also be available if people just want to buy it uh, as a video series. Uh, it'll be uh, available a la carte. But uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It was filmed by Blue um, by uh, Cumberland Creative. And uh, it took us a while to kind of get it through and, and unload it because I really didn't have time. And, and now it's, it's ready and it's a good time to put it out there. I think a lot of chimney companies and service businesses in general, uh, you know, need this information. And I've had quite a few people use it and, and the results are very amazing. So in the next couple of weeks, I'll promote that out there and, and let you guys hear a little bit from it or, or see it and, uh, and hope you enjoy it. So, all right, guys, that's my time. Hope you guys have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.